Open your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter four today. Philippians chapter four. Dr. John Haskins, a professor at the University of Tennessee, spent 12 years researching the effects of media on how people think. And one of his studies that he conducted was to determine the impact of a five minute radio program that was filled with negative news stories, stories like 17 children blown up on a bus, an earthquake that killed thousands, riots in the street of a large city and so on. You know, bad news. One group listened to these negative news stories while a control group listened to more positive and uplifting news. Now, he conducted this study and after evaluating the listeners who were exposed to that negative news, Haskins discovered four discernible, discernible effects upon them. Number one, they were more depressed than before. They were more depressed than before. Number two, they believed the world was a negative place. Number three, they were less likely to help other people. And number four, they began to believe that what they heard would soon happen to them. You see, simply by receiving and reflecting on the information from that radio program, their perceptions of the world, their outlook was adversely affected. In fact, their concept of reality was shaped by their thoughts. Think about that. Just five minutes of bad news Day after day after day after day after day, it changed their whole outlook on life. Now, should this surprise us? Well, not if we know God's word. God's word says, in fact, in Proverbs 23, 7, these words. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Chip Ingram said the old axiom, you are what you eat, is true not only physically, but also psychologically and spiritually. The thoughts we entertain in our minds become the thoughts that guide our lives for better or worse. Whether we like it or not, what we think influences what we do. David Jeremiah in his book said there was once a highway sign in Canada that read, take care which rut you choose. You'll be in it for the next 25 miles. He said, our thoughts make the ruts which our actions have to follow. Our thinking issues in our doing. What we ponder, we end up practicing. Our learning determines our living. Now, knowing that this is true, understanding just how much of an impact our thinking has upon our doing and our living, you would think we would wisely give more thought to what we're thinking about. Now, you are thinking with me this morning, right? I understand an old farmer. He was a little concerned about the boy who worked for him. So he said, what do you do in your spare time, John? And John said, sometimes I sits and thinks. Other times I just sits. <laughs> I see a lot of people in church like that. Uh, I don't want you to be that way. We just sits today. I don't want you just to sit. I want you to sit and thinks with me today. As we think about what you're thinking about. Now, let's catch our breath and catch up where we are here in Philippians. Last week, we talked about what we're to do with our worry. What can we do with our worry? 
And I taught you that little phrase taken from Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. I trust you've been practicing that. I trust that your prayer lives were revolutionized. I trust that you've had a lot less worry this past week. But today we move from praying in verses six and seven to thinking in verse eight and then doing in verse nine. Praying, thinking, doing. Wearsby, well-known Bible author and pastor, he said it this way, right praying, right thinking, and right living. You see, if you've been practicing what we talked about last week, you have worried a lot less, and your mind that was so full of worry, you've got to replace that worry with something else. You've got to fill up all that space, all that Area that was taken up with worry and fretfulness and anxiety. You've got to put some of the thoughts in there. We're going to learn what kind of thoughts we should be thinking. So you'll know where we're headed. I'm going to cover three areas today. What are you currently thinking about? What should you be thinking about? And if you need it, ways to start thinking about what you should be thinking about. You know where we're headed. Let's get going. Number one, what are you currently thinking about? What are you currently thinking about? Now, I'm speaking more broadly than just this moment. I know just the very moment, some are thinking about lunch. Uh, others are thinking about the time. Others are wondering, are we going to get out by noon today or not? I want to get beyond that and get to where you've been thinking over the last couple of months. What have you been thinking about the, about the last couple of months? Now, some might say, well, in all honesty, I really haven't been thinking a lot of the last several months. Well, believe it or not, I understand that. The average person has 10,000, 10,000 separate thoughts each day. In fact, it works out to 3.5 million thoughts a year. And they said if you live to be 75 years old, you'll have over 26 million different thoughts. So some of you have already gotten there and you're beyond that. So probably even today, if we have 10,000 thoughts on an average day, the average person, you've already probably had at least a couple thousand thoughts up to this point. Now, what have you been thinking about? I think the best way to approach this is to consider your mental intake, your mental intake. Comparing it to food, if we talked about your physical intake, we'd be talking about what you've been eating lately, what you've been eating over the last couple of months, what you've been eating over the last couple of days. Yesterday, you probably went to the barbecue and you had barbecue beef or pork or chicken. And then maybe the night before uh, you went to the fish camp and you ate there and you had a bologna sandwich on Monday. And I better quit because you're getting hungry. But what you've been eating, that's your physical intake. I want to talk about your mental intake. What's been coming into your mind? And I think the best way to do this is to give you ten questions. And you're considering yourself today, and I want you to answer these ten questions. Now, some of you are very good students, and you'll write these out, and you'll have a list there, and that's wonderful. Uh, Some of you gave that up years ago, and you finally got your graduation diploma, and you said, I'm not writing anything. Well, well, you you can just answer your own mind. But I want to give you ten questions. I want you to answer these today, whether you write them out, whether you think about them, but answer these questions. Number one, what are my favorite TV shows? What are my favorite TV shows? What do you think about that? What are my favorite TV shows? You're asking yourself these questions. Number two, what websites do I visit the most? What websites do I visit the most? Probably the church website and pastor's blog right up there. That's good. But no, in all honesty, what websites do I visit the most? If you don't visit websites, just ignore that one. Number three, what books have I read? What books have I read? 
Number four, what movies have I watched? What movies have I watched? Number five, what is currently on my iPod or MP3 player or whatever technology you use to listen to music and to media? What's currently on my iPod or in my CD player? Number six, this applies to some, not all. What video games am I playing the most? What video games are playing the most? Number seven, what is my favorite radio station? What is my favorite radio station? Number eight, what magazines have I been reading? What magazines have I been reading? Don't worry, I'm not going to grade you. I'm not going to take up your paper. Answer freely here. Number nine, what text messages have I been sending and receiving? What text messages have I been sending and receiving? Now, if you say, what is that? Just skip that one, okay? <laughs> A lot of folks know what we're talking about. What text messages have I been sending and receiving? And then finally, number ten. How much Bible reading and study have I done this past week? How much Bible reading and study have I done in the last week? Now, the reason I had you do that little exercise this morning is to see what you're filling your mind with. To see what your mental intake is. A lot of time we don't really give thought to what we're thinking about. We don't give thought to what's entering our mind. We just kind of mindlessly take it all in. We're so accustomed to it. It's kind of like someone who mindlessly is snacking all the time. They might put out a bowl of M&Ms or peanuts and they're just walking by mindlessly popping those in all the time. I notice it in people who smoke. They just mindlessly, there's always smoking, always. They don't even realize what they're doing. It's just so accustomed to doing it. They're not conscious they're doing it. We may do it mindlessly, but it still impacts us. If we stack constantly, mindlessly, it's going to impact us. If we smoke mindlessly all the time, it's going to impact us. And if we just let things enter our minds all the time without thinking about them, they're going to impact us. Now, we're bombarded, beloved, with media and mental input. Some of it is forced upon us. Things like Sonic Radio, things like Muzak, you can't get away from it. You go to those places, you go on the elevator, you go to get a bite to eat there, and the music is being pounded into you. But a lot of the mental intake we have is brought into our lives by choice. We choose to bring it in. Now, I want you to take your answers to those ten questions, and I want you to bring them to the next question today. What should we be thinking about? What should we be thinking about? I want you to take your list of answers and I want you to bring them over here as we begin to study this passage and see, are they compatible? See if they match what God says here. Paul, writing of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives eight guidelines or eight qualities that should characterize our thinking. All of them begin this way, except two of them. They begin with this phrase, whatsoever things are. That means there's several things that fall into these categories, lots of things. The last two don't start that way because they're kind of summary statements of all that's gone on before. Now, let's look at them. Look in your Bibles, Philippians 4, beginning at verse 8. Finally, brethren, he's writing to believers here. Whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things have a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, he mentions eight things there. I want to give you a quick definition of all of them. We're going to move through this very rapidly. You kind of read that list and say, I I can understand what he's talking about there. These are positive, wonderful things. He says things that are true. That means they're genuine. They're reliable. They're real. Things that are true. Things that are honest, that means they're honorable, they're dignified, they're worthy of respect. Things that are just, that means things that are being uh, uh, righteous, right things. Things that are pure, that means morally clean, morally pure. Things that are lovely, that means beautiful and and amiable. Uh, Things of a good report, that means it's worth talking about them. Not just junk, you know, a lot of stuff's talked about today. It's not worth talking about. These things are. Then he says things of virtue, that is excellent things, and things of praise, things we really can say, you know what, that is good. So we understand what the words mean, but we look at a list like that, we look at definitions, and how do we relate that to our lives and what we've been thinking about? Well, I think we ask some more questions. We take these and we say, okay, here's my list of what I'm thinking about. Let me ask, is it true? Are these things true? Is it worthy of respect? Are these things right? Are these thoughts clean? Are these thoughts beautiful? Are these things worth thinking about and talking about? Would God consider what I've been thinking about, what I've been filling my mind with, excellent and worthy of praise? You made a list. Either a written list or a mental list, but you made a list. Begin looking at your thought life and your mind and your mental intake and say, does it line up with God's word? God is clear here. He says, Think on these things. He says that at the end of that verse. By the way, the meaning there is more than just a passing thought. It's not just kind of give a mental assad to that. It simply means here, it means to keep on thinking, to keep on pondering, to give serious consideration. Keep on thinking about these types of things. I want you to leave here today realizing just how important your thought life really is. There's a battle raging for your mind. There's a battle raging. The advertisers want your thinking. They want your mind. The politicians, they want your minds. The cultists out there, they want your minds. The devil wants your minds. Why? They want to control your thinking so they can control you. That's what they want. Come back again. Proverbs 23, 7. The first part of that verse is, For as he thinketh in his heart, so Is he. Listen to Mark chapter seven, verses 20 through 23. Excuse me. And he said that which cometh out of the man that defileth the man for from without out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts. Covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within. They defile the man. Before you do it, you think it. 
and you keep thinking about it, and you get in that rut of your thinking, and your actions follow. Listen how serious our thinking is. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid, <coughs> excuse me, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, who's the God of this world? The devil, the God of this world, little g, the God of this world have blinded, listen, have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Do you still doubt, beloved, just how important your thinking is? Now, Christian, as you look at your answers concerning your thoughts and your mental intake, and you look at God's standards, here's the question. Do your thoughts, do they meet God's standards? Does what you're taking in meet with God's standards here? Now, you know what? Sometimes we have negative thoughts that come in. Sometimes we have sinful thoughts that come in our minds. They come without warning. They come without invitation. And the question is, what do we do with those thoughts? You know, they just kind of pass right in. What do we do with them? Well, we don't entertain them. We don't yield to them. You know, temptations come in life. Temptation is not a sin. Christ was tempted in all points like as we Yet without sin, the temptation comes. We have a choice. Write this reference down there in your margin. Second Corinthians 10, 5. What do we do with these thoughts that come? Second Corinthians 10, 5. Here's what it says. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, you're to take every thought and you're to capture that thought and bring it under the obedience, the lordship of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you're thinking, you just got to say, wait a minute, I'm not going to think that. That's not true. It's not right. It's not lovely. It's not an honest report. It's not a virtue. It's not a praise. God is not pleased with that. You're not going to think about it. You're not going to dwell on it. And you're not going to entertain it. <coughs> You've heard it said. You can't keep birds from flying over your head. Well, how's the rest of it go? But you can keep them from doing what? Building a nest in your hair. You have a choice. Now, you've got those lists. You've got those lists. What are you currently thinking about? What should you be thinking about? Now, maybe you say, I need some help. Well, very quickly, I want to give you some ways to start thinking like you should. Some ways to start thinking like you should. Are you ready? I think, first of all, you need to be saved. If you're not a child of God, you can't you can't think like you ought to think. You can't live like you ought to live. You don't know Christ. If you're here today, beloved, and you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to come and meet him. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Let him forgive you of your sin, give you a home in heaven. Make you an heir and join heir with Christ and leave this place redeemed. A child of God. That's the starting point. Now, a lot of us here today would say, you know what, preacher, I've done that. And I say, praise God. Praise God. But you realize today that your thoughts don't match God's standards. You realize you've missed the mark and that's still called what? It's still called sin. What do we do with these thoughts that are not what they ought to be? Maybe you look back over the last couple of months or weeks, you realize you've been filling your mind with trash 
and garbage and filth and things that dishonor God, I think the very first thing we do is what? We repent. We repent. It, that, repent means a change of mind, which leads to a change of direction, a change of living, a change of action. It's turning to God and away from my sin. Confess your wrong thinking to God. Bring it and say, Lord, I've not been thinking like I ought to have been thinking. I've been filling my mind with junk and trash. Please forgive me and please help me to obey you and live for you in this area. Some of you maybe have never prayed about your thought life. You've been struggling for years. Bring that to the Lord. Repent of that sin. And then secondly, Christian, we need to replace. Repent, then replace. You've got to replace the wrong kind of thinking with the right kind of thinking. Now, what I'm about to tell you to some is going to sound very radical, very extreme. But stay with me. Think with me. Don't just sit there. I want you to sit and think. Some need to replace some ungodly friends with some godly friends. <laughs> Wait a minute. Listen, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. If you fill your life with ungodly friendships and people that don't love God, don't know God, don't serve God, don't care about God, they're going to bring you down. They're going to impact your thinking and your living. This is so true in the area of, of people when they're in dating relationships. Nowhere does God's word teach missionary dating. You know what missionary dating is? Well, he's lost. But I'm going to date him and I'm going to get him to church and I'm going to get him saved. Or she's lost, but you know what? I'm going to see that she's saved. God doesn't teach that. You befriend that person, you witness that person, you live for that person. You don't date that person. Because every person you date, you might end up marrying that person. And God's word says what? Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We love the lost. We love those that don't know Jesus. We want to see them saved. But also realize there's wisdom. Bad Evil communications corrupt good manners. I remember my grandfather one time talking about, he was told as he was growing up, you take a dirty cloth, you take a clean cloth and you rub those things together. What happens? That dirt on that dirty one begins to come off on that clean cloth. You hang around the wrong people and the wrong friendships. They're going to impact the way you think, the way you live and your testimony for Jesus. Some need to replace their current ungodly media with godly media. In other words, what you've been reading, what you've been listening to, whatever, you need to switch the channel. You need to delete that file off your computer. You need to trash that magazine. Some need to throw, so throw some things away. Now, I'm, not, I'm not talking figuratively. I'm talking literally. You need to go home and throw some things away. Get rid of some junk in your life and replace it with godly stuff. That which is good and honest and just and clean and lovely and worthy to think about, as God says in his word here. You say, well, I, I paid good money for that. Get rid of it. It's junk. You see, good thinking is not enough. Good thinking leads to the right kind of living and doing. Look at verse nine. Those things, Paul says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do what? Do. And then what's it say? And the God of peace shall be with you. Wow. See, Paul was not just a great teacher and leader. He was an example. Dwight Pentecost was right. He said maturity in the Christian life is not measured by what a man knows, but by what he does. You know, you can fill your mind 
You got all kinds of facts and figures and verses, but beloved, how do you live? Are you processing that, allowing God to change you and mold you? You need to repent. You need to replace. And then I think you need to renew. Renew. God's word is clear on this. So what do you mean renew? Listen to Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Listen to verse 2 of Romans 12. And be not conformed to this world. In other words, pushed into this world's mold. But be ye transformed. How? How do I do that? Listen. Be ye transformed. Here's the next part of that verse. By the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do we renew our minds? We fill our minds with the word of God. Listen to 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed to the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Psalm 119.105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scriptures give my inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the woman of God, may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Psalm 19, 7 through 9, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is, 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 is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. If you really want to think right, you've got to get into this book and allow this book to get into you. If you want to think right, if you want to think godly thoughts, if you want to think the way God wants you to, you've got to get into this book and let this book get into you. The Word of God. Renew your mind. You've been living for years feasting upon the world's trash. You've got to renew your mind. Fill it with truth. The Word of God. Preacher, how do I do that? Start by reading the Bible. Just start by reading it. Listen, take one of those devotionals back there. We've got those new devotionals. Spend some time each day looking at that verse that they put at the top. Read that passage that goes along with it. Spend some time reading the Word of God. Then after that, move on to memorization. You say, I could never memorize anything. You get a new phone number, you'll memorize it. You will. If it's important to you, you'll memorize it. Get a three-by-five card and write a verse out. Write, write out this verse we're setting today. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and go through it. Fill your mind with God's word and then meditate on those verses. What's it mean to meditate? We're in farming country, right? You know what, you know what meditation means? Chew the cud. That's what, it, that's what it is. I won't go into details. If you don't know what that means, ask your mom, dad, grandpa, grandpa. to tell you what it means. Chew the cud. It means taking that verse, looking over it, chewing over it, thinking about it, meditating on it, letting God change your life. Listen, fill your iPod, your MP3 player, your CD. Fill it with some good sermons once in a while, some messages. Listen to that. Put that in there. I'm not saying don't listen to music. Listen to good godly music. But once in a while, throw in a message, something to think about. There are links at our website. Go find some of those places, some of those ministries, and listen to some good Bible teaching. Be intentional as you fill your mind with the Word of God. I like how John Phillips put it. And we're almost done. I'm sick and I'm still going, so you can keep listening. John Phillips said it this way. A guarded thought life 
has to be accompanied by a guided thought life. Think about that for a moment. A guarded thought life. What's a guarded thought life? It means I'm careful what comes in my mind. I don't turn to that channel. I don't listen to that particular song. I'm careful what comes in. I guard my mind, but at the same time, I need to guide my thoughts. What do you mean, guide? I need to make sure I'm thinking about the Word of God. I'm thinking about what God wants me to think about. The things talked about this morning in that passage, things that are true, things that are just, things that are honest, things that are pure, things that are lovely, good report, virtue, praise. I'm going to guide my thinking toward that. Now, I know all of us here cannot spend all of our time reading the Bible. I can't even do that as a pastor. There's things we got to do. We can take it with us in our hearts. We can take it with us on a little card and meditate on it. Realize we can't spend all of our time there. But listen, I've got to and you've got to think about what you're thinking about. I want you this week, beginning this moment, to measure your mental intake. When you're watching that show, when you're listening to that song, when you're reading that magazine, start thinking about what God's word says and start asking these questions. Is this true? Is this worthy of respect? Is this right? Is this clean? Is this truly beautiful? Is this worth thinking about? Would God approve of what I'm taking in right now? Now, if you do that, I'm going to warn you. There's some things that are probably going to go in your life. They're going to go. But praise be to God when they're gone. As you get right with Him. Now, I say to you, friend, what's your next step today? Some here need to be saved. That's what the step you need to take. You need to come and repent of your sin and take Jesus Christ. In a moment, I invite you to come and trust Christ. Some believers, you need to begin today by repenting. Coming down the altar and slaying things. Lord, I've been taking in things, watching things, listening to things, filling my mind with things that are sinful, trash, filth. God, forgive me. Help me as I forsake those things. You need to replace those wrong thoughts with good thoughts, right thoughts. You need to renew. You need to take in the Word of God. But listen, we're not done. One more little thing before we pray. And I want to encourage you with this, Christian. You're not alone. Look at the end of verse 9. Look what it says. The God of peace shall be with you. The God of peace shall be with you. I'll guarantee you, friend, Christian... You get right with God, you get rid of some junk out of your life, you're not going to regret that. You're going to rejoice and say, praise be to God who delivered me from that. The God of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. He's with us. We can come today and get right. Would you come today, friend, and get settled and start thinking about what you're thinking about? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask your help. Father, I pray that you'd work in our midst now. Those that are lost, bring them to salvation. Those that know you, Lord, bring them today. Meet the needs of their life. Help them, we pray. In the Savior's name, amen.